It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we jump into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here. Coming back again is Civil War historian Luke Summerhays. Oh, yeah. You know me. I love that American Civil War. <laughs> um, yeah, I've saying, got a theory that Matt invites me onto Civil War episodes over and over because he's embarrassed about his past as a Southerner. <laughs> and he wants like someone as far removed from that as possible to balance him out. So he's like, I know what I'll bring in like a peacenik Brit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, just yesterday at work um, for a few minutes with, with our coworker, um, we were going, I was showing her all of the ridiculously horrible things that are still in the Southeast. <laughs> it started off just like, Oh yeah, the George, North Georgia mountains, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not as nice as Nagano, but I guess they're nice. And she's like, oh, they're so pretty. I was like, okay, now look up Stone Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and if listeners don't know what I'm talking about, yeah, go look up Stone Mountain if you want. It, it, it's going to make you think of this episode a little bit. Um, All right. Um, before we get into this episode, though, I need to litigate the episode of your po- podcast I was just listening to. Oh, yeah, sure. So um, I'm halfway through your It's a Good Life episode. I'm like... Why didn't you invite me on that one, like an all-time classic, when you've got Andrew on it, who's not even that into it? <laughs> he asked I for think it. I because, thought he was going to be into it. Because you two are such big Twilight Zone heads, and you've probably seen that one a million times, you're like over it. <laughs> Whereas I watched it for the first time, and like, there's a reason that one's considered a classic. Like, it captures the feeling of just dealing with a kid. And having to like tiptoe around them because you know they can just ruin everyone's day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we certainly uh, know that as people who teach small right kids, but, but like, yeah. Like, yeah, you don't really get into it in your podcast. But I think it captured that feeling so well of mm-hmm. like what it must be like to be a parent of just like a terrible child. And like you, the I think the parents especially they do such a great job of acting like they clearly do love him, but they would probably both be happier if he died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had the benefit of having a daughter who is more mature than me by age five. So Yeah, well, that's what I wondered. <laughs> I, think, I think you and Andrew both just have great kids. But like, you've been a teacher. You've been around awful children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, only, I don't have to be around them for more than an hour. So <laughs> Right. I, I, especially my, my girlfriend, she also works with kids, but she works at... Like it's less of a school than ours and more of a daycare. So she'll have like the same kid six hours a day, five days a week. And they recently had like just a nightmare. I can't go into it in too much detail because it's a you know a public podcast. She's never <laughs> gonna listen though. They had like a, a problem child, and it, he it's not his fault, right? He shouldn't have been at a school like this. He needed special care. But yeah, yeah, like, that's something like our work they... sometimes do. They just take you on anyway because they want the parents' money. <laughs> And it's just, it's like been stressing her and draining her so much because just having to spend all day on like, right, I've got to go into this place where there's a just a creature in the corner which might kill itself or something else at any time. And I have to just <laughs> be aware and well, like try well, and teach the other students while entertaining this one. <laughs> that's a good life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but... just I felt, I felt someone had to come on this podcast and tell you two off. <laughs> underselling sure? what a great episode that was. And Andrew's like, oh, you know, after a couple of times, you get it. But like that that's the point, right? Is the tension of having to live like that. <laughs> and I think, yeah, the fact that it does drag a little bit is kind of uh, ramps up the tension. Right, right. But yeah. Okay. I no, thought I'm, someone should speak always, out for that episode. Always open for rebuttal. Why not? <laughs> I think that. Yeah, was... but... Also, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm often like, 
I want to argue with something someone just said, but this is a podcast where I can because <laughs> I know you and I guessed on it sometimes. Var, <laughs> she blows. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll move on to today's episode, which is Still Valley, making it trivial. Original air date was November 24th, 1961. The script is a Serling, though based off of The Valley Was Still by Manly Wade Wellman. What happened to the name Manly? No one's named Manly anymore. Because no one is manly anymore. Oh, okay. It's not like the good old days back when men were men and women were men and <laughs> horses were men. <laughs> We've encountered director James Sheldon before. He gave us a few zones as well as episodes of MASH, The Man from Uncle and Gunsmoke, among others, in a 30-year television directing career. Sergeant Joseph Paradine was played by Gary Merrill. He peaked early appearing in 12 o'clock high and all about eve and was even married to the latter's bet davis for a bit 10 years if you are counting vaughn taylor played our witchman teague just to screw with your mind he was only 51 years old upon filming this let me say that again 51 years old (laughs) he was only 51 Uh, maybe i'll double check and make sure i didn't like bungle my my trivia but i i double i double checked last night you know because i was like no I mean, way math matt is not great at math so that is possible i'm, I'm gonna triple check while, while you're <laughs> doing the, the summary or the prologue <laughs> i mean i mean he had like a crazy beard and stuff they were clearly he yeah. was made up to look old yeah it's just totally hard to believe he can also be found in films like cat on a hot tin roof and psycho in television mm. series such as craft television theater and robert montgomery presents Dogger was Ben Cooper. While not a major part of the zeitgeist, he took on enough cowboy roles to be awarded something called the Golden Boot. <laughs> but I don't really know what that is. <laughs> Wilbur Hatch composed the score for this one. Keep your ears open and you'll hear some shades of Star Trek themes. He was a musical director on the original series. And, um, ah. you know, workaday composers like that tend to you know reuse bits of score and stuff because why or an orchestration because why wouldn't you you know i mean half of the half of the scores are stock anyway right so <laughs> yeah okay gonna bring that uh prologue up for you fourth with here we go Sir, I'm just a little goblin. The time is 1863. The place, the state of Virginia. The event is a mass bloodletting known as the Civil War. A tragic moment in time when a nation was split into two fragments, each fragment deeming itself a nation. This is Joseph Paradine, Confederate cavalry, as he heads down toward a small town in the middle of a valley. But very shortly, Joseph Paradine will make contact with the enemy. He will also make contact with an outpost not found on a military map, an outpost called the Twilight Zone. Just a little goblin. A goblin, not a not a witch man. (laughs) (laughs) I like that term, witch man. Especially when he says it when especially when he says it in that kind of, you know, voice. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, that's correct about the age. People people can't see this, but here's the guy in 1952 looking not quite as old. So you know, um, There was a close-up shot where you could see he had like some wrinkle makeup around the eyes. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to give that they did a fantastic makeup job on this dude then. Oh, yeah. Uh, he looked like a guy who was pretty old being made up to look extra old, whereas in reality, he was a guy who was not that old at all being made to look old. So fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously, um, on like a 1950 or 1960, whenever, um, like little tube TV. Oh, and that would have been no problem at all. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, looking, oh, yeah, of course, the, 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 the elephant in the room here is that fantastic book with that just is witchcraft and giant weird letters on the front. Yes. <laughs> That's like what I would buy. A, I would buy a copy of that to have on my mantelpiece. Yeah, I was thinking there there must be some merch for that out there somewhere, you know? <laughs> um, one of my other notes is, I, I guess we're getting straight into the weird situation, but you brought up It's a Good Life at the start. Mm. But I was like, this guy's kind of running a similar scam on this little town with his book of witchcraft. Um, 
he's more easily controllable, of course, because he's he has to read the spells and he's about to die mm. as well, I guess. So Yeah, well and also he's like he's running it at a um what do you call it? Like he's using it as a weapon of war. He's not just torturing a town for his own amusement. But it does seem he's kind of like, you know, a backwoods hillbilly that has not really been interacting with society. So now he's just mm. kind of showing up to 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 mess with everyone. Maybe like old man Logan style, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess old man Logan wasn't a witch, but it's kind of like a demon. He has claws. Yeah, for sure. They, they, bone claws by that point i don't remember old man i can't remember old man logan the only page i can remember of old man logan and i bring this up all the time so apologies if you heard me share this before my one of my favorite comic book pages of all time because they spent like a couple of issues of like logan refusing to fight and then eventually he gives in and you just get a two-page spread that is just snicked in big letters <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's glorious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't can't quite do that in the movies. I still feel no. that way. Uh, yeah, like the movie Logan, you know, kind of the film version. I feel like that's the movie where like everyone loved it, but nobody wanted to watch it twice. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not a watch over and over film. <laughs> no, not no, definitely. Not. Also, I watched it a bit after all the hype, and I think it's good. I don't think it's quite as good as people made out. I'd probably agree with that, but um. Yeah, how, I think how, it got. I think the end was somewhat toothless, and I think the final battle being just like a clone of Wolverine was pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, my take on Logan. Seeing as we'll probably never cover it in a podcast now that we've stopped the Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Um, something that did come up, you know, there was some. I guess a lot of theme recycling in this one. We have frozen people like an elegy. We've got the controlling. Mm you know, supernatural controller, kind of like it's a, a good life. You know, we're back to the Civil War after like six or seven episodes. So um, how did that sit yeah. with you watching this one? <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely felt like, a, you know, this is a filler episode, which it doesn't necessarily make sense in an anthology show. But yeah, that's what it was. You know, there's a, but, I think there's a reason it isn't one of the ones that's mega remembered. <laughs> it's like, let's go stake claim on the backwood, um, not backwood, the back lot cowboy set and yeah and then that you know i am just i guess they i guess they used to do more location shootings go hang out in death valley for a month to make two episodes and mm. recently i've just again this isn't a complaint i'm just like oh that's definitely a set and this time i was like oh that's definitely the same room that was in the grave a few weeks ago yeah <laughs> like even i'm like oh i think that's even the sound, same sound stage you know mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's, wrong, but... it's a fine episode but it's not a it's not a great episode. I did find it. The main thing I took away was I can't tell what this episode's politics are. No. <laughs> like, is it pro the Confederate? Is it anti the Confederate? Is it saying that they were in league with Satan? Is it saying that they were noble winners because they didn't fall in league with Satan? Like, <laughs> I yeah. really don't get it. I did, I did love the work. Maybe our work is the devil's work, right? Was that, or did I write that? So, <laughs> I mean, like they're fighting wars. So, yeah, it is the devil's work. I bet the devil was still there in spirit at Gettysburg. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> well, where people are shooting each other with, you know, buckshot. Yeah. Anywhere <laughs> that men are slaughtering men, the devil is there in some form. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think they expunge it. It's like, oh, we're now we're going to have a righteous bloodbath, you know, because we didn't accept <laughs> Satan into our lives. I mean, they might as well. If you're going to do, do that anyway, you might as well accept Satan in your life. Why not? <laughs> and if, if you're if they truly believe that their co course is like the righteous, noble course of God, then like. Is winning it by means of. Do you go to hell? Do you go to heaven? Who knows? It's almost like the whole thing doesn't actually make sense when you apply it to the real world of adults <laughs> and not just uh, to making children eat their vegetables or whatever <laughs> the Bible is actually good for. I, I You're talking about the politics. Uh, of course, you know, the thing with the Confederacy and, and the Civil War is, you, you know, it's like you can't not bring slavery into the picture, right? Mm. 
otherwise i would give it a bit of a brown shirt vibe from firefly if we you know if we are willing to cut that little part out which we shouldn't be but you're just going what are the politics i felt it you know like the the main dude in this one um joseph Paradine, maybe is a a bit like our firefly feller who yeah I remember the actor's name at the moment <laughs> nathan fillion yeah playing mal reynolds there we go okay <laughs> yeah it's interesting the thing because they talk about oh you know they're tyrants they're coming to invade but also he's describing it as two nations which is interesting because you always think of it about states rights and succession but it's not like they wanted to go away and be like 20 independent countries they were just going to be a different big country yeah they're going to really... confederate themselves. They're, it was like, yeah, they're going to try the same thing, but without those those people that don't want us to do stuff up north, you know? And, and like, they... when you put it that way, then it really is, like, kind of about slavery, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the one thing they don't want us to do, like? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there are plenty of, like, people with their, you know, running their own farms on their own and people living in, in the towns and stuff who yeah. maybe or having a different but they still have to deal with the fact that you know five minutes down the road that's going on right so yeah but also like um america today is basically 50 independent countries and like the um the federal government can't get anything done so <laughs> it's yeah, not like states rights have been you know that violated by losing the civil war <laughs> i think they've kind of since covid they've kind of ramped up like before that i think people did have the impression like basically at this point the federal government is in control whereas now you know in 2023 it's like yeah texas and florida and california all seem kind of like their own countries now you know <laughs> well, but like you know you've got the literal president tweeting someone should do something about these guns <laughs> it's like you're the president mate who else is gonna do it and then everyone underneath is like yeah he can't he can't do anything <laughs> i mean i think we're you know mate, you live in interesting times uh i i think especially in america where you are seeing a shift in the paradigm now you know well, as someone who's not an american has never been an american and has never been in america watching your empire collapse from the outside is very interesting Oh, well, I've taken a ringside seat, haven't I, by sitting yeah. in Japan for over a decade. <laughs> well, like, it, 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 you know, for whatever empire America once was, I think we're in the end times of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, history moves. I mean, that, you know, the 90s was that weird spot of, oh, history's over, everything's good now, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, I'm sure that's not the only time someone has said that when it seemed good for them. No, that's just the only time in that. <laughs> yeah, in our know, lifetime, I know, I know that people would remember that. Yeah. Um, See, whenever I hear that, I'm reminded of the um, the Chairman Mao quote, where they asked him, uh, "What do you think of the French Revolution?" He says, "I'll tell you when it's over." <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're still living in. Like, we're talking about the Civil War, right? How long ago was the Civil War? But we're still living in consequences of it to this day. I mean, we're not, but American states are. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, I mean, you know, Texas and Florida were the first ones I, I came up with where, you know, it is kind of, uh, I mean, obviously they are still part of the country, but they seem to have kind of their own, own thing. I mean, Texas actually was its own country to start with and kind of, I don't know if I should say hesitantly or not. I don't know my Texan history well enough, but Texas was definitely its own country uh, before joining the States. Uh, yeah, they, I know. I learned that from Zorro. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Zorro teaches you everything. As you might have been California and Zorro, I can't remember. One of yeah. the Zorro films, it's, it takes place during the election to join the United States. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it might depend on which version you're watching. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Just... I'm, I'm talking about one of the, um, and not even one of the good, one of the latter um, Antonio Banderas ones. Oh, okay. My, my Zorro is Zorro's Fighting Legion from like 1940 or something. Right. <laughs> which is, is kind of slow. It's not recommending really it. old. Yeah. And my Zorro. Um, have you ever heard the term witch man before? No, but I episode? love it. I do love it. It's like... I prefer witch man to Wiccan. <laughs> but, well, I mean, is is warlock the male witch? Oh, uh, warlock. I feel like wizard really is different. Into... Yeah, okay, warlock then. So this guy's a warlock, but uh, yeah. I, I, it's kind of like that hillbilly thing. Like he doesn't know the word warlock. So I'm a witch man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to go around saying that to people now, you know, and yeah. and, that, and what 
I, has been called the Southern Madman voice. So. Yeah, whenever I do a magic trick for the kids now, I'm going to be like, I'm a witch man. <laughs> <laughs> All of my magic tricks are just like, oh, it looks like that rubber band teleported to your other finger. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the uh, the facial hair ratings in this episode? There is a wide variety of different. I really hair. like we, we see the like lieutenant at the end. He's got that like mustache wax thing going on. Well, what I like about it is you see him from such an angle that you see the shadow of his mustache on his cheek under the mustache because it's pointed <laughs> out at such an angle. That's phenomenal. That's so top got... tier to me. Okay, because because we got the witch man, super wild, you know. Oh um, yeah, yeah, his out of control we, hillbilly beard. We've got special as well. We've got Paradines. I've been in war long enough. I just don't care anymore. Growth. Yeah. And, um. And uh. What was the other guy? I got it in my notes. Here. Oh, the, the, other... the other little dweeby. The dogger. The guy who's rather reasonably wants to surrender in this losing war, I should say, <laughs> rather than insulting him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people on both sides are like, why are we doing this? I, probably everybody was at the end, except for yeah. a couple madmen, you know, which were the people running the show, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that how war works? I don't know. Am I being pretty too much? Angry? I don't think. I don't think any wars. I don't think many wars really go down to the wire, right? Yeah, I think you pretty much tell who's won at a certain point. But like in Japan, like in the Second World War, America had pretty much beaten Japan, but Japan was holding out because they wanted to get a better terms on their surrender. Like it wasn't that they thought they were going to win it. But they thought if they made it costly enough, then they would be able to have a, um, what would the term like, a conditional surrender, whereas America kept pushing for unconditional surrender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not. It's not it's... like anyone was there. Like, oh yeah, but if we just turn it around now, we can still win. Yeah, I don't think I, that I, was going through their heads. I, I guess nobody expects the atomic bomb, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> especially well, uh, not in nineteen in the forties. <laughs> Even the atomic bomb is not why they surrendered. You grew up in a country; they surrendered oh, no, because Russia, Russia got involved. Yeah, no, I know Russia was <laughs> was on, was on in their back door. Like, and still, has atomic bomb violence. did less damage than like most of the fire bombings of the seas. So true. I mean, yeah, the Dresden, Germany too. But I mean, I guess it's just the. Um, I want to say that. Let's say the the. The mind effect. You can say it's propaganda if you want, but that that's mm. not strong enough a word, right? I mean, just something yeah. like that's so visceral that it yeah, it's it's, it's it's like it's the fact that you've been taught is fact, sort of thing. Yeah, because it's like you know, Russia is still uh, uh, across a bit of water. We don't. That's not a reality quite yet, you know. Although mm. that would have been a far worse reality if it had come to pass. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Something that kind of hit me on this episode, I, I mentioned having a few Star Trek music cues. Maybe this was part of it, but it kind of had, even though being in this kind of this, uh, you know, Civil War Virginia setting, it did have a bit of a Star Trek vibe to the story. Like you got a away mission, you know, yeah, I think, I think it's that we have, people. it's because we have like a guy who goes in from the outside, figures out what's going on, goes and reports back. They have a moral quandary at the end. Uh, yeah, it could have been, you know, Kirk lands on this planet, discovers this super weapon. They could use it against the Klingons, but at what cost? Right. So, yeah. So I was thinking um, maybe the magic is just science that nobody here understands, you know? It's literally a book from Satan, Matthew. Yeah, but there could <laughs> Don't be Don't give a, me that one. <laughs> a, uh, yeah. Well, Don't okay. try an Highlander to this. <laughs> 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 so this is just like a, a prelude to Highlander too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying the book. Maybe the book itself is not technology, but the the magic is you know some kind of technology, right? Oh, yeah, magic magic is just science you understand. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, that's one. But like, yeah, because the because the guy is giving it like, oh, there must be some natural explanation. There's right. no explanation which is not this is satanic witchcraft, like. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, that would be the difference in Star Trek. It would be satanic witchcraft. It would be, uh, no, no, no. you know, it'd be like some supercomputer that, you know, Kirk yeah. has to blow up with questions <laughs> or something. <laughs> but and, and yeah, in this episode, obviously, the, the Civil okay, War I, setting I allows was, it to be. I didn't completely... realize we were still talking about our hypothetical Star Trek episode. I thought you were saying that in this, <laughs> it's just science. 
Oh no, I'm saying, but it's like it, it, you know, it's a very small turn of the dial to get there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a quick rewrite. So yeah, I don't know if you're if you're deep enough into magic stuff, maybe maybe you could be like, well, you do this, and I don't know. We we need to we need uh, to get more. While we're talking about witch men, it's been <laughs> phenomenal. So on the TikTok, the kids use. There's a lot of you know teenage girls and young women and old women and all kinds of people who you know believe in magic and they're doing their kind of magic and there's this one guy who's been on there just challenging them to curse him (laughs) and then just posting about how great his life is still going and they hate him and they're so furious at this because he's just like okay if your magic's real i challenge you all to curse and they're all trying to curse him and he's just like hey my life's still going great here's my car here's my wife (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just a, a phenomenal piece of trolling i love he, it he probably has his he probably sits in a magic circle all day you know to protect oh, well, that's what they're, the they're saying like oh well he's obviously doing his magic back uh you I'm, know uh someone else is doing counter curses well I'm, I'm saying it facetiously i guess i guess they're doing it earnestly though oh, i thought you, i thought you were just saying it because uh, you don't want to upset gordon <laughs> 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 i mean you know there's you can I think tricks of the mind, all that are fine. But yeah, obviously you're not going to freeze everyone in the street with your magic. You're not going to curse anyone with your magic, you know, not, not directly, but yeah. I, I think like a purely esoteric, you know, put good things into the world and good things will come back. And right. that kind of thing. I don't, I don't believe anyone can perform sorceries of any kind. Yeah, before he called himself a witch man, um, I was going to declare him a grand wizard of the Confederacy, but. Uh... Oh, that means something else, I think. <laughs> so yeah exactly so it's probably better that he had his own nomenclature to to throw on himself you know mm. um this is and you know you, you can't do much better than witch man yeah i maybe i wasn't looking closely enough and the passerby passersby and, and maybe it's that you know they were all disheveled anyway but i i just noticed the uniform game was like five notches up here you know oh, like yeah. They, at least on the main guy, he looked great. Oh, a lot of the background people look fine too. I guess by this point, you know, maybe well, they had because found they just some... had they had a troop of soldiers, and all they had to do was stand still. They probably just hired like a local reenactment group. Right, that's why I was about to say they probably you know. In fact, because it's... because the story is so like, you know, Twilight Zone one hundred and one, it's almost like. Someone at the studio was like, oh, hey, I heard there's going to be a reenactment group in town. Write a Twilight Zone we can quickly film down there. Oh, if, <laughs> Don't if involve re- them acting too much. <laughs> I don't remember which of the Star Trek fan series is, if it was the um, the Phase 2 one. Is it one the rapey or... one or the other one? I, uh, yeah, I think it's <laughs> Phase 2, but I don't remember yeah. which one it is. But um, yeah, there was one episode, and it wasn't a bad episode, but it was just clear that, oh, the reenactment's in town this week, you know? Right. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. episode's in there, you got the camp, you know, because that's just a way to, like, add a bunch of budget, right? Oh, yeah, I that's mean, why they landed on, you know, this planet is gangsters, and this planet is Nazis, and this planet is... Because, you know, the back lot existed, and it looks expensive. Right, right. Well, I think on the reenactment, there's you you go to the national park and hang out with them, you know, mm-hmm. or or whatever. I, I've actually been to a couple of them, but have I? I yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been to like a full blown people like running at each other shooting one, but I've been to yeah. But lots people of... have set up the camps or whatever, you know. There's a great episode of Peep Show where he goes to like the World War Two reenactment with another guy, and he thinks it's just a fellow history buff, and they're obviously the baddies. And then he, he slowly realizes the guy he thinks is his, his history-loving friend is just an actual Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like the yeah. commanding officer walks by and he gives him like a Kyle. And the commanding officer's like, Jeremy, um, well, not Jeremy, Jeremy, we've told you not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful what you say to the Germans, right? That's what yeah. uh, John Glee says. Uh, <laughs> Don't mention the war. Yes. What was the other bit oh um yeah how did you watch this episode on my phone it's family mart eating my lunch okay yeah so you didn't <laughs> get to you did you get to play the twitchy blinky game no what that's where you're trying oh to well, the act a little bit a little bit did you notice the dude like just struggling to hold that barrel up 
<laughs> no, but I can imagine. Yeah, you know, I'm watching on Blu-ray and stuff. And it's, well, also, it's pop- it's not so much the definition, but you're watching this like second and third times, right? Yeah, yeah, but um, no, even the first time I was like, oh, that guy, yeah. is, he's been holding that barrel for ten minutes, and he is not happy, and it's you know written. No, the one eyes. I noticed was just um, when the main guy gets frozen himself, like when he's shouting at the witch man, he's obviously in a much more dramatic pose than any of the others. So for the close up, they use a freeze frame. But right, then they also right. did do some shots of him clearly holding that pose. And he was a bit wobblier than everyone else because he was in a much more difficult one. Well, that's what I mean with Barrel Guy. You know, he was having. But then also, he, like, he can wink. There's a bit where the guy gets to wink. So it's not necessarily an error in this because they're oh. not frozen in time like they have been in some of the more sci fi ones. It's like witchcraft is stopping them being able to move. Right. So if they wiggle a bit and blink a bit, that's actually makes sense in the context, you know? Though he allows um, Paradine to blink, right? He's I like, see. I mean, he gives him the power to blink his right eye if he's going to, you know, be cool. Okay. <laughs> Whereas the guy that was holding a flag that blinked, I mean, sure, it could, like you said, it's, it's not a sci-fi freezing, so maybe he can blink a little bit. That's fine. Oh, yeah, because otherwise they'd all start drying out and bleeding from the eyes eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is war of just me being like entertained by the, you know, oh, no, 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 no. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, but, a lot of people love to pick out plot holes, but what I like to do, my favorite thing to do, is try to fill them. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I just, you know, I find it charming when the guy is like clearly struggling with that barrel. Although, I guess, you know, the guy may really, and even in world, could be struggling with that barrel because he's right, still yeah, holding it. His physical body is still doing it. <laughs> Although, um, which man does. <laughs> does note that um parodying can hear him but the other people are you know out to lunch right they're not they're not um perceiving anything at the moment i see i didn't read because i think he just says like you can hear me i didn't necessarily read it as the others can't but i thought maybe they they all can but he just doesn't care if they can hear him that could be the case okay i felt like there was like one line of dialogue that alluded to that but um Oh, you like, could be right. You've seen it more times than me. Yeah. So um, he was so sing song with his talking. He was talking like this. And I thought he was going to start singing a song about magic and witch men, which I was actually a little disappointed. We didn't get a musical number because I thought we were about to. Yeah, he was a little bit on the bonkers side. <laughs> That's I, fun. That's part I, of the I, fun. I like it more now that we're talking about him, you know, because watching it, I was like, okay, witch man, whatever. But once you have to start talking to somebody else about the witch man, he becomes more entertaining, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love a witch man. It's just that he didn't. There, there are better episodes you could do with a witch man that, that good. Oh, you can. I just I just thought he was a nice, um, a nice balance of coherent and crazy, you know, because yeah. you, you can just go wild eye nuts. So like, uh. Like the one well, he, the real he's, he's one of those guys up. who's like, he's telling the truth. That doesn't mean he's not insane. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I thought that in this episode, they did that characterization well. Because yeah. uh, as I say, in the real Martian, that guy is just like, you know, eye twirling nutbag. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have. In fact, he's just lying outright over and over. So mm-hmm. the, the, this guy is a little more interesting to me. Oh, of course, he's like one of the main characters in his episode. He's not like window dressing like in, in that episode. So, yeah. Did you have another big hit you wanted to take observational wise on this episode? No, he's mostly been talking not about this episode. <laughs> we even talk about the witch man awful lot. So, you have to talk about the witch man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like my main takeaway was just like, oh, it's really weird. What are they trying to portray or express here? Is it coming from an angle of like, you know, maybe the Confederacy was wrong, but there were good men on both sides. Is it coming from a actually they should have won it sort of angle? <laughs> like it was I was um, curious what they were specifically I guess, going for. I guess, you know, just real world wise, uh, by this point, you know, like you said, it's a filler episode, but probably like time wise, like he just probably had to crank this one out. Where oh yeah. Would have definitely benefited from another, you know, um draft it didn't two, really but... have a twist. Or they get, I guess the twist happens 10 minutes in, right? Maybe right. that's another reason it feels so Star Trek because in Star Trek, often the twist is, you know, the maybe... twist is like the first ad break, yeah. 
Yeah, or in the middle, at, you know, it's usually not Act Five or something. No, no, because it gives you they 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 come across a twist, then deal with that. They have to deal with. But that's it. the so, thing, yeah. Star Star Trek, they they have to resolve the issue and fly away. Whereas <laughs> Twilight Zone, they can just be like bum bum bum, and then like yeah, everyone's dead. What you gonna do about it? You <laughs> know, next week. They, they can't they all... do a Star Trek episode where it's like, turns out it was this, and then the Enterprise is destroyed. <laughs> See you next week. Well, my favorite TNG episode is the one yeah, where the Enterprise blows up at every ad break. Yeah, but um, yeah, obviously this is a little different. I guess that's what makes this a little bit of a different Twilight Zone, and that does have that structure. Uh, mm. Obviously, they can't like like they make a choice about the twist. Um, mm. we, we can decide what the Twilight Zone when I start asking the questions in a minute, but you know, maybe a Twilight Zone is going to Gettysburg and being murdered, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to suggest that, um, a rewrite could have seen a version where they do use the book and actually being in league with the devil is what loses them the war. Yeah. Well, because then, draft you know, the, the other side has, has the righteous fury of God on their side or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They get, they, what would what would that no oh, that'd be a priest or something that sucks okay I was bishop because it's like what would, would the, what would the rich man be for that but oh yeah be the pope like yeah <laughs> although if the pope rides into battle on a flaming steed and starts shooting laser beams I would enjoy that on a white horse they do reference that um yep. <laughs> maybe maybe that he could he could be redubbed pope man that'd be cool yeah pope man is he like bible man. Yes. <laughs> He's exactly like Bible Man, down to that thing that looks like a lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. See, yes, that we, we it's too bad we weren't there in the 1961 to give us a you know another draft or two. Um <laughs> questions. Who in this episode goes into or through the Twilight Zone? I would say it's all of the soldiers who get frozen. Okay. I think that's the closest we get to being in a Twilight Zone in this. You could say that it's like parodying, you know, encountering a witch man and discovering witchcraft or whatever, but he ultimately, apart from, oh, I guess he briefly does get frozen. So during that time, I guess he's in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, he gets at least a run in, but the, the guy holding the barrel is deepest in the Twilight Zone, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, because he's been holding that barrel for a few hours and that's got to suck. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's going to be jacked afterwards. Yeah. But if I could so like sore. start planking and then let a wizard just like freeze me. Witchman, sorry, wizard is lame. Witchman yeah. is dope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the main thing I think our listeners should take away is that witchmen are dope. <laughs> yeah. So now you can now you don't have to feel like you're Harry Potter adjacent when you're talking about this stuff because you got you got a witch man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Works. Is that close to a witcher? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm still not familiar with witcher. <laughs> witcher is like a monster hunter. He has some magic, but he's not a sorcerer. No. Oh, is is he like kind of a redneck? kind i guess it's okay. it's like a like a bounty hunter type deal they just go to village and kill monsters <laughs> but i think they, they take like a special potion and then it can either kill you or make you super powered yeah i guess location wise in this episode that village is the mm. twilight zone and so yeah the people at the if, if the twilight that. zone is like a physical location it's that how about the other soldiers that have to consider the witchcraft book are they encountering the Twilight Zone or just turning down? They're the brushing Zone? against it, but well, because it's parody and it turns it down. The other guys are like bang up for it. <laughs> like, then, yeah, sell our souls to the devil. Sure. But win this war. Yeah. And um, of course, his solution is to burn the books. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure the South had no problem with book burnings, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that was his um his moral i don't know there's nothing moral about that okay whatever <laughs> they're just people <laughs> who are trying to choose which horrible fate they're gonna have i guess yeah <laughs> yeah that's how I, yeah i mean I, it's war right there's not like there's good options right <laughs> um let's i guess we're gonna put the let's put the focus on the soldiers but we'll start with parodying does he deserve his trip into the twilight zone I guess that's like oh. asking if Kirk and crew deserve their run-ins on alien planets. <laughs> I mean, you go out scouting, you get what you find. Yeah, yeah. His, his, he comes out of it pretty much smelling of roses. I bet he didn't smell Apart like from roses. the size he's on. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and the fact that he hasn't eaten meat in a month and has been out in, in the oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, sure he smells I'm sure he, I'm sure he smells he smells like right. roses which are currently in manure because they're being planted <laughs> yeah okay that makes more sense okay <laughs> um but yeah I guess it is same thing with uh well the passers by the, the thing that was kind of nice about that was everybody was going down that trail you know equally mm. right Whereas this one, we do have to be like, oh, now we do have to consider a um, rank and stock Confederate army right. group, right? So, uh, you know, because if you're in the board, the boardroom, the con- what is the Congress, whatever they had, if you're in, if you're in the halls of government, you know, now you are dealing with people doing like truly evil stuff. Uh, yeah, but like, like you said, with, soldiers, like you said, with the the um, the surprise nazi at the reenactment you know so you don't mm. necessarily know what everybody else is thinking <laughs> like um it's one of the reasons i like even though it's not a great film the tom cruise film valkyrie is i just don't think we explore enough the fact that not every soldier who was a german and who was told to go and fight for his country was like a hateful evil nazi yeah so Again, you know, Paradin could be a very stand-up dude uh, back in... in it seems like a stand-up dude. You know, he doesn't want to give surrender. He doesn't want to... He refuses to use the book. Yeah. He whereas, seems fairly up together. You know, the guy back in the passers-by was... Our guitar guy was pretty chill, right? So, of course... It's interesting. All... Have they made a Twilight Zone where it stars anyone from the North yet? <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> about that. Um, I haven't seen it if they have. I guess maybe that's the thing in 1960. You know, it's about 100 years, right 100 years after the war. So maybe there mm-hmm. was like, again, like that weird firefly nostalgia. And since well, so, the John Birch Society was still a notable presence in 1961, you know. This is being made in Hollywood, right? Yeah. So you're in California in the south of the country. Right. So I suppose the guys who are around who are into the Civil War are probably not into the Yankees. Well, California is a different issue, though, because that wasn't yeah. really involved in it. And uh, that just had a mix of everybody. So, right. Yeah. But, um, but then yeah, I think, um, yeah, like in Japan, right, there's the obsession with like the glorious loss. You know, the, they love a loser who died valiantly. Yeah, so I can under- well, I can understand liking the South from that angle, right? Mm. You know, they didn't win, but by God, they fought for what they believed in. Slavery. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, twenty years later, you know, the the Dukes of Hazard had had the brothers still fighting the good fight with a Confederate battle flag on their car. So, you know that that's TV in nineteen eighty one, and it mm-hmm. was a hit. So, uh. It is kind of weird to just track when people's because now it seems, yeah, all of that seems like ridiculous. Why would you do that? Uh, the interesting thing here is it's Twilight Zone's generally a pretty progressive show, right? But this one mm. has a bit of a weird vibe. <laughs> no, it's because it's before 2008 when Obama was elected and racism ended. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then, then we it came back for its encore engagement in 2016. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. Well, I don't know. Yeah, talking about who deserves what in the war. Twilight Zone. This one, it did seem like a choice. So you deserve what you get. I guess is my bottom line. Mm. Everyone got to make their choices in this one. That which is very different than a normal Twilight Zone. Well, I mean, those um, Yankee soldiers who are all frozen in place didn't get to make a choice. Oh yeah, they did. I guess we're talking about the people with speaking parts in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, those they just had to deal with the witch man. Um, <laughs> where would you like to place this on the tripometer? Yeah, it's. I guess it's not a particularly trippy one. Like we said, this is just Twilight Zone dot MP4. So on the tripometer, it's got to be exactly two point five. I was thinking that. Oh, and you gave a number. That's interesting. Okay. I was thinking 2.5, but then I just said that's the base score, and I have to add a half point for Witchman. So three for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, it, I, I basically agree with your 2.5, but I'm, yeah, Witchman stuck in my head. So that's, that's mm. trippy. So that takes us one toke over the line, I guess. <laughs> uh, final thoughts before you go get frozen while planking. 
Um, I mean, like, if you really want to get out there and watch the Twilight Zone, don't watch this one. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, if you know, if you're making your way through the series, it's not like a oh, skip that one. Yeah, I, I just recorded the Jungle. Yesterday. Even though it's next week's episode, I think the, the only ones I would say eh, skip that one are some of the comedy ones. Well, no, what I was going to say is, um, I, I'll say this again next week, obviously, but I said that one would be good to stick. The jungle might be a good one to put between two good episodes in the marathon, right? right. This one, this one, I might skip it. I might put elegy there instead, which this is, is an the episode one... I seem to like more than most people. You include this one in your marathon as this is when everyone's going to go and make a drink and make a snack and. But you still want to have one play, and you don't want to like take a break. It's like you look over <laughs> the TV and oh, those people are frozen. Hey, that book says witchcraft. That that maybe does enough for this episode. Witch man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you stick around for three minutes of the witch man ranting, and that's the part you pay attention to. So yeah, def- definitely a fan of that bit of this episode, if uh, uh, at least. <laughs> like, like, given a different lick of play and dragged out forty-five minutes. And if it was Kirk and Spock, and there is a nugget of a good story here. Yeah, like I said, a I just, few more I just drafts think, would have helped. Yeah, the very short, um, you know, like Twilight Zone kind of operates on one big emotion and a little bit of shock and awe. And this doesn't have enough of either of those. Maybe, I, I guess at this point in time, they did not know that the next season would be hour-long episodes, but mm. this might have I also, been a good one to sit on. Maybe this episode holds up better if you have it within you to like want <laughs> these guys to win. <laughs> Whereas because I'm I'm so hundred percent just like I mean no these guys deserve to lose this war. <laughs> I'm not like caught up in this moral quandary of like oh should we use the witchcraft to win? No, we'll we'll go down valiantly. It wasn't that valiant. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess there's a mindset where this episode is better. Yeah, I, I do like your writer's tat thing where we just uh, have them go ahead and accept their Lord Satan and, and get defeated by God. It would be a little too moral and religious feeling, but that, that would actually make sense in 1961. So, But also, like, when you're talking about this issue, just, like, take a s- stance. Don't sit on the fence with regards to the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Twilight Zone takes so many notable stands in other episodes, and here it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's a wishy-washy point of view. So. so I wonder if it is just, you know, there was a lot of Southern blood making this, or funding <laughs> it at the very least. <laughs> the reenactment society, I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, closing out today, this is Time Enough Podcast, which is Time Enough Pod on Twitter, Facebook. You can dig into us at uh, on Patreon at Podcastio Podcastius, where you get the episodes early, some extra chitter chatter. Luke and I have been talking about the 100 best and 100 worst films as arbitrarily voted on by IMDb Raiders. That's films and filth. Uh, I talk about Disney films and I call it Disney. And we're just wrapping up a run on the 60s TV show The Prisoner with Imprisoned in Prison and uh, The Prisoner Prison Cast. Uh, I'll toss you the ball for the video game side, I guess. Uh, yeah, you can find other podcasts we make include uh, Luke Loves Pokemon. That's the one that gets the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's me discussing a different Pokemon family every week, getting into depth with the lore and like their origins in real world mythology or real world creatures. There's Monster Mash, which does a similar thing, but with a bit more banter because it's with four of us about Monster Hunter, although that's currently on hiatus because we're what they're winding down putting monsters in the game at the moment. There's a couple more episodes to come because there's a couple more DLC monsters. And then hopefully starting soon will be Hyrule Field Report, a sort of deep dive audio play along of the new Zelda game. Um, again, we're hoping to get very granular and nitty gritty and deep into the lore, maybe get some guests involved. And if you just want to hear four idiots having a good laugh, Head on over to the Game Game Show, a game show about games in the mold of classic British panel shows. Okay, I guess I'm going to go uh, get my witchcraft book, study up on satanic witchcraft, and become a witch man. Mm, I'm going to go strangle my witch man, if you know what I mean.
the memory hold becomes the maelstrom of life before birth where we hailed from I got the incantation to long last preach that quiet thought no we're all born from magic Don't put your stock in original sin Walk on earth at ease in your own skin Doesn't time out of mind but still living God ain't worth it unless he's forgiving No, we're all born from magic Someone said I was better off dead Drank myself dry in this watershed But colors become one in the flow show Glimpses of higher selves what other nations were heaven sent to me the empire's unembarrassment invisible ink fails the outcome